It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio and also Google and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. Well, coming up, we've got another episode from the podcast series, Let's Talk Property. And we're discussing this all-important question of when do I compromise on buying my ideal home? It's a question that many people grapple with when choosing to buy a home. And of course, you'll have that wish list which is designed to cater for your everyday lifestyle. And that initial search will start with a burst of energy, excitement and enthusiasm. At every open inspection, you'll hope to discover your ideal house in your desired location and all within that crucial, crucial budget. But unfortunately, it's time to put a bit of reality check into it because this really goes to plan. And it's made worse when a home buyer won't compromise on their expectations and fall down into a rabbit hole of disappointment and tears. And in turn, this will exhaust their momentum and eventually they'll abandon the hunt or alternatively buy something entirely inappropriate out of sheer desperation. So to help us understand this better, we're joined by Rich Harvey, buyer's agent and CEO from propertybuyer.com.au. G'day Rich, welcome back to the Real Estate Podcast. G'day Craig, great to be on the show again with you. Yeah, great to have you back. And another Friday, already the 25th of February. March is going to be here very soon. Well, it's a great subject, Rich, today. Firstly, I want to ask you, what should people do when it comes for them to create that all-important property wish list? Look, Craig, a lot of people go out there and start the searching process with no strategy or thought about exactly what they want. It's like going shopping for a car and just saying, hey, I need a new car but they don't have any idea of their budget, the make, the model. When it comes to property, you've got to sit down with your partner or by yourself and write down a list of two things, your essential things and your desirable things. So get a piece of paper or get on your computer and just write notes. And that process of actually writing it down helps to really clarify your thinking as a buyer. So you've got to write down you know, the location, where, where are your preferred suburbs, I mean, the first thing you should have done is gone to your finance broker and got a, a pre-approval and an estimate of what you can borrow and know your budget. I mean, that's the very, very first thing you have to do. So you don't go shopping without money or a credit card. So don't go shopping for property unless you know how much you can afford. And then write down, as I say, the suburbs, the number of beds, bathrooms, and all the features of the home that you're looking for. And then start to think about, is it really essential to have that third bathroom? You know, do I really need a pool? What is, what is super important to me and what can I live without? And by writing down those things, you'll then have a much clearer target for what you can actually achieve when you actually start the searching process. And what about compromise? Because everybody really should be thinking about compromising on certain things. What should they never compromise on, do you think? Well, the obvious thing is you can't compromise on location unless you just don't have the budget. So the first thing you've got to look at is what's your journey to work? Where is your social network? Where's your friends located? Where are your recreational activities? And look at what I call the travel vectors that you have from where you want to live. So you can try to optimize your lifestyle by choosing the position because once you choose where to live and you've bought that piece of real estate, you can't pick up the block of dirt and move it. But what you can do 
is when you've bought that property, you can modify it, you can renovate it, you can you know bring it up to speed. So the things you shouldn't compromise is, is if you can afford it, don't compromise on the location. The other things to think about is the aspect and the slope of the land that you're buying on. What's the street like? I wouldn't be buying on a busy road. I'm never going to buy next to a petrol station. I'm never going to buy next to you know an industrial park where there's potential for noise and pollution. All of those things are things you should never compromise on because you know once you've bought there, you're sure you can buy it cheaper, but you're always going to be selling it at a cheap price because it's got that impediment over the land. So they're the things that I'd look for. And the other thing is if there's like a uh, easement or some sort of restriction over the land, like it might have an electricity staunching next door or, or a stormwater pipe running around the back, they're things that you've just got to take into account if you really want to buy in that location. Okay, so those are some of the things we should not compromise on. Let's have a look at concessions, the all-important concessions, (laughs) because what are the concessions you should be considering and conceding on? I guess that's the word, is to concede on and say to yourself, if I want to get a property that's as close to the perfect home for me, what can I actually live without? Hmm. Again, this comes back to you writing down that list between the essential and desirable elements of your home. So what can you compromise on? Perhaps you can compromise on on a carport instead of a garage. And maybe you can build a garage at some future point. If it's only got three bedrooms, is the ability to to add add another story or, or add another bedroom? So look at all the cosmetic and renovation things that you can do. What can you compromise on? What about the construction? Do you have to have a double brick home? Are you happy with a brick veneer home perhaps? You know, there's a lot of really great building products out there where you can actually buy an old timber clad home and then get it rendered uh, even with Hebel bricks and, uh, and other types of materials that make it much more, much more insulated. So don't feel that just because you're buying a, a more rundown home that you're really compromising and getting a dud property. If you've got the budget to renovate, you can generally buy the property a lot cheaper and then bring it up to speed and bring and add your own personal touches to it uh, over time. So when I'm looking out there for a client, I say to them, let's find a home that's in the right location, that's got the right aspect, the right land size, that's going to be future-proofed for your family. And you can raise your family in this area and then you can have the right bones to build on. So getting a property with the right bones and doing that renovation can really add a lot of value. But a lot of people maybe want to buy close to a great school. They need to be in a particular school catchment. And that's a big drive of the people. It might be they want to be within a certain distance of a train station. So the things that you could compromise on is, is generally cosmetic things, if I had to summarise that. So adding, adding the, the extra carpet, polishing the floorboards, fixing the kitchen, adjusting the bathroom, they're all the things you can adjust and edit over time. Gee, that render is a big one though, isn't it? I I think a lot of people look for those render opportunities because it totally transforms the house. Oh, absolutely, Craig. A lot of people want that sort of really modern, fresh look, clean lines. And I've seen some homes absolutely transformed overnight in a couple of weeks just by putting up, you know, some beautiful render on on a crappy old blonde brick home. And it's fantastic. It can be done quite cheaply and it really, really lifts it and, and absolutely adds a lot of value to the home. Yeah, and there's no doubt that buying a property can be that whole emotional roller coaster that seems like the ride is never going to stop. And as a result, Rich, I guess there's a point of frustration that buyers reach. So perhaps explain to our listeners how that all sort of plays out with the frustration. 
Yeah, I guess uh, one of the words that we use for frustrated buyers, Craig, uh, particularly at auctions, is wounded bulls. We see a lot of people who have been, particularly last year during the major property boom, they'd turn up at auction, keep missing out, and they'd then rush into the next auction and just pay a ridiculous price and go way over the top of everyone. So you can actually make some pretty bad emotional mistakes and emotional decisions in the heat of auction. So some buyers will also reach a point of frustration and go, you know what, stuff it. I just cannot buy a property for, for love or money. I'm just going to buy something that you know, I really don't like, but I just got to get into the market. And they'll buy on a major road and then they'll move in and then they'll just go crazy listening to the traffic every night. Or they'll buy a property that's just facing the wrong way or is just too small for their you know, growing family and then realize that they've got to move again within 12 months. And it's going to cost them another $100,000 in stamp duty and legal fees and agent's fees. So I think there's a point of frustration that buyers reach where they just either buy the wrong property, an inappropriate property, or they throw up their hands and go, I just can't get into this market. I'm just going to rent for the rest of my life or rent for a while. So I think you've got to be aware of your emotions during the buying journey and approach the whole buying process strategically. Have a clear budget, have a clear strategy, have a clear idea of what you can realistically afford for your budget. And I think the, the winning element is to be really tenacious and really persistent in finding the right property. And if you can't find it, then you use someone like myself and my team as a buyer's agent to help you uncover a lot more properties and particularly off-market properties that we can talk about in future episodes and really get a leg up into to finding the right kind of property. And, and dare I ask this question, because as soon as I ask it, I know that people will say, no, <laughs> <laughs> but is waiting for the market conditions to cool a sensible strategy? I get asked this every single day, Craig, is now the right time to buy a property? Well, the simple answer is the right time to buy a property is when you're ready to buy. Whether the market's up, down or sideways, it's often dictated by your own personal circumstance. Trying to time the perfect entry into the market is like an Olympic diver trying to do a triple pike reverse somersault and land perfectly and get a 10 out of 10. It's very difficult to do that and very, very few people achieve it. A far better strategy is to go, you know what? My budget is X, like, you know, $1.7 million. I need a three-bedroom home in this location. I'm going to go searching for it. So waiting to, to the market to cool is really a false economy. If you wait too long, and I saw this last year, some people said, oh, to me two years ago, no, nah, the market's crazy. I'm going to sit out. And then the market's risen 30%. Even if we have a small correction next year when interest rates rise, it's not going to go back 30%. It might go back, say, a maximum of 5%. And even this year, Craig, the market is predicted to grow continually, even in Sydney and Melbourne, by another 5%. I don't think waiting for the market to crash or correct is a valid strategy. There's opportunities every week. I'm out there every week and we're starting to see a little bit of a turn in the market. There's a few less buyers out there. Some of the results aren't as strong. So you've just got to be positioned for opportunity, have your finances ready, and it's better to own a property than to wait to own a property. You're far better to off to get onto the property ladder and enjoy capital growth and hold it for the long term, ride out the cycles. Even if it does go down 5%, it'll go back up you know, 10% or more the following couple of years. So get into the market, get your family established and enjoy the ride. As always, Rich, plenty of great advice and thanks once more for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast. That's a pleasure, Craig. Great to be with you again. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.